everybody and thanks again for joining us another edition of the BTHO this podcast and joined as always by my faithful uh, co-host Colton Chumley I am Nick Kruger of the other 98.com and and Chum I mean you know we're, we're really getting back to our roots here as a, as a football recruiting podcast this week because we have a lot of stuff to dive into uh, with, with a big weekend ahead so before we do that I mean just you know fill the people in as always how, how, how are you feeling this week how was your weekend Dude, it's uh, every, everything's going good, man. Got got to give a little shout out to my mom. Um, take a take a quick second. She uh, has just uh, been sworn in. I guess that happened last night. Uh, she'll be going in for her man fifteenth term as a school board member here in San Antonio. So that, wow. that was a good deal. Got to got to get the family together for uh, together for a little bit last night. So can't complain. Boy, that's huge! Big shout to to Mama Chum. What what, what should, is that okay to call her? That? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> um, okay, very cool. Yeah. So so, uh, did you do anything big over the holiday weekend? Uh yeah. So I uh, had the girlfriend's uh, brother graduate. Uh, he graduated from Tarleton, so good deal. He'll be my lawyer one day. Graduated in uh, with a uh, criminal justice. So, man, boy, if anybody, if if I knew anybody that needed a lawyer, uh, I think that list would start with you. Up there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah i know yeah it, it, you know we we did uh we had a pretty nice weekend ourselves here we were just uh you know had some people over over the course of the weekend a couple of you know, i i don't know i don't think i've told you this but you know that the, the house that you know i i'm still i'm still a renter a leaser and uh for the past like three weeks we've had like a pretty significant gas issue with my oven um where you know basically we've just had to have the gas off because you know a part on it needs to be replaced it came and it's just taken way too long to get fixed so you know that so you're that, living that fast food life dude no 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 <laughs> I, I was gonna say it's good and bad for me because uh because you know now we've gone to like an all grill diet which uh okay. you know which I, you know i'm never gonna turn down the opportunity to grill uh however um you know now now i'm also in charge of preparing most of the meals as well so uh, so that's, <laughs> that's where we're at there with that whole week for that to get fixed. So, um, but yeah, I mean, so, so obviously Memorial day weekend, no better weekend, uh, for, for a couple of, to a couple fire of grill up the grill, no doubt. That's man. right. So it's, uh, there was plenty of leftovers and, uh, you know, I'll be eating pork chops for a week as <laughs> <laughs> a surplus. Uh, but anyway, so, so let's, you know, let's get into, uh, let's get into the big news of, of, uh, what's going on here on the football front, you know, um, all of a sudden, this this weekend turned into a very busy uh, official visit weekend for the Aggies. Um, you know, I'll be honest. I'll, I'll talk a little bit here about uh, what's been reported by twenty four seven. You know, as far as as far as them getting some names of some guys that have confirmed to come in as official visitors. Um, I, of course, on the other ninety eight dot com, had a conversation with Cam Riley, he's a linebacker out in Alabama. Uh, he's going to be one of the guys that's going to be visiting this weekend. So if you want to check out a, a, you know, what he's looking for on his first official, his first visit ever out to Texas A&M, uh, please go and, and check that out. As for the other visitors uh, that are coming in, uh, a guy, you know, the, the guy that everybody's going to be talking about and somebody I hope I can catch up with uh, here today or tomorrow is quarterback Haynes King. And, and we talked about him a lot last week as well. Uh, but he's, you know, looks like he's starting off his his official visit schedule with with a visit to Texas A and M this weekend, and uh, we'll be going to Tennessee next weekend. And he's he's already visited Tennessee before. 
um, you know, chum. All of a sudden, it looks like this train is is uh, got a, a full head of steam here as far as Hans King is concerned, huh? Oh, no question. And, you know, it, it's funny, man, looking back at last year, um, you know, right before camp season really started and A&M had their camp, that, that weekend beforehand was a huge, huge time for them recruiting-wise. I mean, I remember they had all kinds of guys coming up. I think Leon was one of the guys who came in that weekend as well, RJ Ariba. I mean, a bunch of the core members of that uh, 2019 class were in town that weekend before um, Texas A&M's football camp. So uh, sh- shouldn't it really come as, as too big of a surprise? I, I guess it kind of snuck up on us, though, because there really hasn't been a ton of momentum on the recruiting trail, you know, in the last several weeks. So g- definitely good to see it. Uh, and, you know, it makes our jobs a lot more fun, a lot more interesting. Well, not just that, but I mean, a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys that we're going to be talking about here uh, didn't even didn't even confirm that they were taking these official visits until like, you know, yesterday or the day before, you know, coming out of a holiday weekend. You know, everybody, the, the news cycle can be a little screwy, right? Because, you know, people like me are, you know, are kind of, you know, kind of taking it slow uh, because, you know, you're entertaining, you're visiting, you're traveling, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, you know, if, if you happen to look down at Twitter at the right time or you may or, or you get the right, you know, you answer the right phone call at the right time, you know, maybe you get that information. But but yeah, I mean, to, you know, a lot of these guys, like like I said, I mean, you know, they, this this wasn't these weren't guys that we were talking about taking official visits as, as recently as last week. And now all of a sudden they're confirmed to be here this weekend. And, and two other guys that are going to be there, offensive lineman Xavier Hill from Olive Branch, Mississippi. And uh, a guy from the Northeast and in, in Pennsylvania and Michael Carmody. So, um, you know, and those two are interesting. Carmody, uh, I hope I'm saying his name right. Carmody, you know. Sounds like a mobster. He's, <laughs> he's going to be, yeah, right. Uh, he's he's, he's going to be, um, you know, I think I, I, I think of the two offensive linemen, you know, that we're going to be talking about here. I mean, he, he's going to be one that that is going to be more of the long shot, right? Because he's, he's already taken, uh, you know, visits to Penn state. He's from Pennsylvania, as I mentioned, uh, it looks like he has another visit in the works to Notre Dame. And I think he was already there once this spring as well. Uh, he has another official visit set for Ohio state later in June. Uh, so, so, you know, really just get, I, I, considering all the other offensive linemen that we know, uh, Texas A&M is in the picture with and guys that we know have more of a, uh, rapport with with coach Henson with the with the program itself um you know I I wouldn't expect Carmody to be like some kind of surprise commitment coming out of this weekend um but you know we've talked we've talked at length uh, you know the way the way that uh the staff has recruited you know in that northeast region primarily it's been defensive guys because of the you know the connections between uh Elko and, and uh, Elijah Robinson but here we have an offensive lineman coming down Xavier Hill I think is is going to be the guy that you know, I, I'm not saying that he's a likely commit for for A and M, but I think he's the guy that's going to be more of a. We're, we're, his recruitment is probably going to go a little bit quicker, and we'll and we'll have a better idea about what he's going to do as far as A and M is concerned a lot sooner. Um, you know, he seemed to already have a top a top five in in order, uh, but Coach Dickey went to go visit him uh, this this past week, I guess, and and they immediately got got to planning an official visit. And, you know, and there you have it. I mean, when the offensive coordinator comes and, and handpicks you uh, and starts setting up that official visit right away, I think that, you know, I think that speaks volumes. Oh, without a doubt, man. And, you know, you, you bring up a really interesting point there, and it's something that, uh, you know, kind of catches me off guard because it seems like there's a much heavier emphasis on looking out of state this cycle. Is that just me or? 
Well, you know, I mean, I've said before the the past couple of years, I mean, as far as far as top end offensive line talent within the state is concerned, you know, it hasn't been overly impressive, quite quite honestly. You know, I think we get into um I think once we get into next year's class, the 2021 class, I mean, you could you could make an argument that the top 10 players in the state are offensive linemen, uh, you know, so it's going to be a completely different, you know, complexion there as far as as far as offensive line recruits are concerned. Um, but even the guys that even the guys that are already committed to Texas A&M right now uh, on the offensive line are all guys that are, you know, I, I, everybody has their own opinions. But I mean, as far as the recruiting services are concerned, they're all kind of like fringe four star, high three star guys at this point. So there's no, you know, there's no big splash um, commitment as far as an offensive lineman is concerned. Now, certainly you, you take a look at a guy like Chad Lindbergh, who we know is going to be taking a visit uh, later next month. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, just as far as in-state talent is concerned, you know, there's, there's not a lot of guys like Lindbergh available in the 2020 class as far as in-state talent goes. And I, and I think Xavier Hill too, is another guy, you know, just, just kind of looking around at, at where the recruiting services have him. I mean, he's not a four star right now, but, um, but I think once we get, you know, once we get closer to the football season, end of summer, um, you know, we're, we're going to start seeing that ranking take a bump because, you know, this is going to be a situation where clear, clearly a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, major SEC programs see something in him, uh, you know, and, and as a as a punishing interior offensive lineman, you know, road grading type run blocker, uh, you know, he he definitely fits the bill, you know, as a guy that, you know, a lot of a lot of programs are going to pursue. So I would expect to see his ranking kind of kind of go up because his, his recruitment has really taken a quick uptick in terms of, you know, some top programs being interested in him. Right. Well, you know, Matt, speaking of, uh, I guess, in-state talent, though, uh, you know, we kind of glazed over one of the biggest storylines of the week thus far, and that's uh, got to be Zach Evans, man. Well, I wanted to get your your initial thoughts there. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you know what, actually... I don't think you're, you're not you're not looking at the at the rundown sheet. I actually put that as the as the lead story <laughs> on the rundown, but I thought I thought maybe we would we would lead with the guys that are actually interested in Texas A and M. Yeah, good, um, good call. <laughs> you know, for a Texas A and M podcast here. Yeah, I mean that, but 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 clearly, just even from a national perspective, I mean, as far as football recruiting is concerned, that that's clearly the biggest story. Um, you know, of the week, he chose not only to omit Texas A and M uh, after recently visiting. Uh, he left the Longhorns out too, so no, no Texas school to speak of is in that top five. And uh, you know, I, I will say personally, um, you, I, I'm sure, I'm sure most people from the state are going to be surprised that there's no Texas, there's no Texas A&M in his top five. Um, I'm, I'm more personally surprised that Clemson didn't uh, make it into that top five, and I don't think he ever ended up making a visit out there over the course of the spring. But I mean, just the the amount of times that he talked about being interested in Clemson, it just really seemed like there was something there. There was some sort of affinity, um, you know, that he had that he had for him. And obviously, when you look at his comments um, about why he didn't include Texas um, and and kind of and kind of apply that to any of the teams that you know he ended up ultimately leaving out of that top five, he was clearly looking. He's just clearly looking to win championships. Once he gets to college, he wants to win championships. Um, you know, so to not include Clemson in the, in that top five list is really baffling to me. Um, because, you know, even if he hasn't taken a visit out there, 
you're Zach Evans. Like you can call any school in the country and say you want to take an official at any time, and th- and they'll put and they'll put you on a plane and get you out there. Now Clemson isn't isn't a, isn't a program that traditionally does summer official visits. Maybe that had something to do with it, um, you know, because he wants to maybe he wants to get these officials knocked out in the summer and uh, you know and have that be that. I mean he but. But I, I never really considered that to be part of the process for him because he was always one of these, uh, you know, he's always kind of maintained that, that his commitment is going to come at the end of the season, at the end of his senior year, uh, whether that be, you know, after the regular season and some sort of All-American game format, whatever, um, you know, but but just just the same. I mean, that, that was kind of the biggest surprise to me. And we could kind of we can kind of unpack the other teams that he put into his top five if, if you'd like to and, and what the rationale may be. Right. Well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, man. I think it's it's been trending this way for a while. Um, and, you know, what really shocks me isn't necessarily that A&M or Texas was left out, um, but really that OU made the cut, you know, when they already have a top flight back in, in Jace McClellan. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I suppose that I suppose you could say that. I mean, if I were to rank, listen, if I if I were to rank the teams at this point uh, that, that he would be interested in choosing, I think it, I think it goes. I, I would say Alabama and Georgia are one A and one B, then Ohio State, then LSU, then I think Oklahoma is fifth on that list out of the top five. Right. Um, and I think and do you think that's because they have uh, McClellan in the fold or no, I think that I, I, I mean, if we're if we're if we're acting under the presumption that he's waiting until the end of the season to make his commitment, a lot of his value, a lot of his decision making process is going to come um, from watching the on field product this season. And that's something that he's always said. Um, you know, going back, you know, regardless of what team you talk to him about, you know, and we joked last week that, you know, he, he, he will, he'll give any reporter a, a different favorite team based on, you know, the line of questioning that you give him. Uh, but, but one thing that he's always maintained is he, is he wants to see the on-field product. He wants to see solid offensive line play and rightfully so. And, and it's his prerogative to, to feel that way. And, you know, like I said, I mean, he could do whatever he wants to with his recruitment, um, but I think but I think now when you look at this list and you kind of look at his comments and you look at his way of thinking, you know, you're taking a look at the two teams that are that are closest to, um, you know, closest to championship contention. And I think I think that conversation obviously starts with Alabama until until proven otherwise, given, you know, given the teams on this list. Um, you know, he, he again, referencing, a, I, I haven't talked to Zach yet. I mean, I, I suppose I could, I'm not sure if there's an appetite for it at this point now for, for our site. Um, you know, but, but just the same, um, you know, when you look, when you look at the comments that he made about, about, uh, Texas specifically to 24 seven and why he left the Longhorns out, he directly referenced Georgia saying, uh, you know, te- Texas isn't that close to a championship. Yeah, they beat Georgia, but they barely beat Georgia, which, <laughs> which you know, reading reading between the lines, kind of, kind of, in, you can kind of infer that he still thinks that Georgia is the superior team, or at least has the superior level of talent. Um, you know, and and he wants to, and I think he generally wants to play SEC ball. LSU was his very first offer uh, coming out of his freshman season, and I think that's kind of like a loyalty play. And I think if you know, I, I you know, depending on depending on what you think about what LSU does on the field this season, what their potential is for success, um, you know, I think they fall to that number four spot there with Oklahoma. You know, with Evans sort of off the board now, who would you say are the must gets for A and M moving forward? Oh well, that's a fantastic segue because the other the other thing that I put on the. Um, on the rundown right after Zach Evans is, I you know, we're still- a good co-host and actually look at that thing sometimes. <laughs> huh? What do you think? 
Well, this is, you know, depending on depending on what you're looking for as a listener, you know, we get some we get some raw and, and spontaneous uh, reaction from you <laughs> when you don't know what's coming. Um, because, you know, we talked a little bit about this last week. A couple of guys have started putting uh, Texas A&M in their top top eights, top tens, top whatevers. Um, you know, and, and last night we we got a. Um, you know, we got another uh, top six affirmation for Texas A&M from Sam Adams, the second. <laughs> I, I guess he doesn't go by junior. Um, but, you know, Sam, Sam Adams, uh, obviously the, the defensive tackle f- of Baltimore Ravens fame is a Texas A&M alum. He's, you know, Sam, uh, bo- both Sam Adams Sr. And, and the second are, are out in Washington now. He, I think he finished his career. At, uh, the the elder one finished his career with the Seahawks and, you know, just kind of made it made a life for himself out there in Washington. And, um, you know, and I, I went to go see Sam Adams second um, in a seven on seven tournament uh, earlier this spring. And I was really impressed with um you know, because he was playing receiver, and, I, and honestly, he's—I I think he's kind of built more like a receiver than a running back. But he's been re- widely recruited as a running back. He's—he's he's probably a little bit taller than me, probably six-two, uh, maybe. Um, you know, and a little bit longer than than you traditionally see in your running backs. But he said Texas A&M has been recruiting him as a running back. Uh, you know, I talked to him way back when after he picked up that offer from A&M, um, and, and it's good to see that he's maintained his interest. And you know, you're talking about. Zach Evans potentially going into a two-back situation at Oklahoma with Jace McClellan. But, you know, we talked about the importance of um, Seth McGowan's taking, you know, uh, taking his official visit. Uh, I suppose it'll be next week um, to Texas A&M. <clears throat> um, you know, and here we are with, uh, you know, here we are with Sam Adams uh, being in the conversation, um, you know, putting A&M in a top six, which, you know, ba- basically means that they're, you know, they're right there in the conversation for an official visit at some point, you know, some team's going to have to get cut. Um, but, but I mean, Adams is a guy that's probably, you know, I, I mean, truthfully, both, both McGowan and Adams are both, are both guys that I think are capable wide receivers. I think, I think of the two McGowan is probably the more traditional running back, you know, that you think of in your head. Um, but, but that's, you know, take nothing away from Adams ability. Like I said, I was really impressed with this, his length and athleticism, uh, you know, and his ability as a pass catcher. So, you know, I still think, you know, even even though the name value of Zach Evans now is is probably no longer part of the conversation, um, you know, I don't think that there's there's a lack of talented options for Texas A&M to go at, at, uh, at running back and guys that are seriously considering the Aggies, you know, that we could potentially talk about them being in the 2020 class here. Do you have one guy in particular you'd say is the most likely to uh, uh, commit? Well, I mean, I'll I'll go with McGowan just because uh, of proximity, and um, you know, and I, and obviously he's confirmed that he's taking the official visit. Um, you know, is is seems seems to be ready to make a commitment here. Um, you know, by the end of next month, uh, because he may or may not his final official visit is well. I mean, he's only got four on the books, but he seems prepared to make a commitment after that. Um, and that last one is is to USC uh, on June twenty first weekend. But, you know, like like I said before, he said he said that he could shut down his recruitment after a positive official visit. He took one to Georgia last weekend, didn't shut things down. Here we are with an opportunity for him to come to A&M. And that could be, you know, that could be the linchpin of, you know, closing the books on on things as far as he's concerned. And hopefully, you know, for Texas A&M's sake, hopefully he, you know, he likes what he sees and, and makes that call. Um, you know, I just I just think with uh, with with Adams, you know, I, I would still feel pretty good about, you know, what his potential. I, I would still feel pretty good about his likelihood of taking an official visit uh, to A&M because, like I said, his you know, his father played there. Um, you know, I just I just think the path to getting his commitment, it, 
isn't less likely. It's just a little bit longer. Right, right. So, you know, a good news, bad news situation on the recruiting front, especially when we're talking about uh, running back recruiting here for Texas A&M. But, you know, I mean, this is this is a year and we and we haven't even talked about, um, you know, Devin Ashane, uh, depending on what your your viewpoint of him is as, a, as an offensive weapon, whether that be wide receiver or, or running back. I mean, I think he has the potential to be either or, um, you know, one, he's sneaky thick. And I think I think he's I think he's sneaky built more like a traditional running back, um, you know, and kind of, you know, I think is kind of at this point, given given what the options are for Texas A&M, I think that would probably be what we would see him as uh, under the assumption that he ultimately commits to A&M. But again, you know, it's 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 kind of tough uh, picking out what's going on with his recruitment at the, for the time being. Um, but yeah, but I think I think Adams and McGowan right now are the two guys that you're looking at at this point. So, so we'll see there. I mean, and, and that's really, you know, that's really the big news, uh, you know, I think is, you know, to speak of here on the recruiting front this week, um, you know, cer- certainly we'll have plenty to talk about coming out of this weekend next week. Um, you know, and this, and this could potentially be a little bit shorter podcast, but to add a little bit of color, um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about you know, conversating about some, uh, you know, some general college football topics and some betting lines and things like that. And so this is something I'm excited about, even though I gave myself no time to prepare for it this week, Chum. I know, I know you did a better job than I. Uh, so let's, so let's get into it. So, um, you know, I, I'm going to, I, we talked before, um, before we started recording that, you know, what I, what I went ultimately ended up doing and, and I'll explain my rationale here after I, I give you the floor, but I, but I am doing, this week, I'm I'm leading off. I'm I'm wading into the betting waters with uh, with value picks, um, value bets that I think were good, uh, uh, good high payouts for 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 low risk as as far as I'm concerned. Um, but Chum, I know you're you're more of a shark than I am, <laughs> and so 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 let's let's talk a little bit about what you pick because I don't even know what you have on tap. So so give me give me your do, do you want to do it in reverse order of confidence or do you want to start with your most confident pick? Dude, I don't I don't make picks without confidence, homie. Come on now. Excellent. That's the right answer and that's what everybody that's going that's going to potentially leaning on you for for advice is going to want to hear. So, all right, well we'll give give me then just give me one and let's talk about uh, it. Look, look man, I see my rationale here, is, you know, maybe not the best route when you're gambling, but I look for odds, man, and I look to make a splash. You know what I mean? And so, uh I I'm I'm going to take some shots and yeah, every now and again I'm going to miss, but when I hit, you know, we're celebrating, we're popping bottles, you know what I mean? So, um <laughs> First up, man, uh, and I don't necessarily think this is, uh, you know, going to be a hot take or anything like that. But uh, barring any injuries or anything like that, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to run away with the Heisman Trophy. Okay, sure. I I mean, just the transformation that kid made from, you know, week two against Texas A&M to, you know, in the CFP against Bama was just astronomical. I mean, now you look at him, he's going going into year two. He's got a 1,000-yard receiver out there. He's got an 1,800-yard running back returning alongside him. So, I mean, there's a shot that this kid is going to put up numbers that will never be touched by another Power 5 quarterback. Okay, so what are the, uh, what are the odds here that, that he's – for for the Heisman. Oh man, I didn't even write it down. Um Oh come on. That's the that's the whole <laughs> point of the Hey, dude, hey dude, you you text me at like eleven o'clock last night, man. Okay. Wow. According to Odds Shark, which is the first Google report that came up. Well, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good for you here, Chum, because they put Trevor Lawrence in the graphic for Heisman betting odds, which means he's probably okay, he's plus three hundred. Uh 
Yeah. So that's not that's not bad. Um, you yeah, know, none I, of the, I think Bavada had him lower than that, bro. I think they had him plus two seventy five. Right, because because I mean you know most people most people agree with you that he is the odds on favorite. I mean you look at you look at what happened with um, I, I guess I guess when you consider the the reputation uh, thus far of of what Alabama does with Tua and their propensity to you know kind of protect him and 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 take him out of games, you know he doesn't have as much of a chance to pad his stats uh, in the way that a Trevor Lawrence would because you know there's no Kelly Bryant in the situation for Trev. Um, you know, and, and even still, I think, I think when you look at most, uh, most early preseason rankings, you know, even, even though Clemson won the natty last year, uh, I think uh, is Alabama still kind of the consensus number one heading into next season. Yeah. For the most part, you know, I'm with you barring it, barring injury. I mean, he's, he's anybody who's ever talked about a prototype quarterback. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is it right. I mean, he's, He's tall. He's got the big arm. He's got the accuracy. He's smart. He's unflappable. I mean, he's you know, he's he's everything that is generally desired from from a from a prototypical, you know, drop back and 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 sling it passer. Um, you know, he's going to be in, in number one, the number one overall draft pick when you know when he chooses to come out. You know, after after you get past him and Tua, though, you know, here, here we're looking at we're looking at Jake Fromm, who you know can potentially struggle, even though he's plus eight fifty. That's crazy um, you know, to me that his odds are that good. I mean that that his odds are that low. I mean, I I don't think there's a shot in hell from sniffs consideration. Right. Well, but I mean, but but it's it's all relative to the rest of the list. I mean, I, you know, I'm looking. You know, I'm looking. You've you've got a couple of running backs here. Jonathan Taylor from from Wisconsin. DeAndre Swift from Georgia. Travis Etienne, who you mentioned from Clemson. Uh, then you got Sam Ellinger at Texas, and you know, and the, and the case, uh, you know, the case for Ellinger is is good, even though um, he obviously, you know, his style of play lends itself to him getting beat up right. <laughs> pretty frequently. Uh, and he, you know, even going back to his high school days, he has a, uh, you know, he has a pretty checkered injury history. So yeah, I mean, Chum, that that was an un that was an unspectacular. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right, well, well, you got to one up me now. What do you got, man? Well, no, I'll do. I'll do mine after. Okay, G- give okay. me you. You gotta. You gotta hit me with something new. Okay. Now. All right. You're gonna be mad at me though, because these next two don't have any odds, or at least I couldn't find any odds on them. I'll, you give them to me, and I'll look them up. All right. We'll so see. look. Well, I, I know for a fact you're not gonna find anything here, but I'm. I'm dead set here. So, lock of the century, Texas will beat OU this year, but lose to Iowa State. Oh, okay. So that would be. Um, that would be like you could do a little parlay action right. with that multi game parlay, and that would be that would be a big payout if you could do that. Right. Um, so, so are, are you betting? Are you just betting money lines in that scenario? Yeah, yeah, without okay. a question. And, you know, may, maybe right. spreads. We'll see. But uh, you know, whenever the time comes. But you know, f- for a brief second, man, I really was weighing my options. I was going to say that they take down LSU, um, you know, in week two. But I think the Edo's crew is just going to eventually ground and pound them uh you know throughout the course of that game and so i think the cajuns will probably sneak that one out but um say what you want about the guy i think that herman's track record of getting his teams up for big games is pretty damn impressive man i mean dating all the way back to his days at houston uh, you know the only thing is is that it feels like they always have one or two games throughout the course of their season where they're they just no show and i think that a road game late in the season in november in ames uh, has the making of uh, you know of an upset? 
I completely agree. And, you know, there's no there's no uh, start time given to that. But I got to imagine that'll be a primetime game uh, in the in the evening, uh, despite, you know, hey, dude, don't, don't you know, primetime games in the Big 12 is at 11 a.m. That's just what, that's just what I was going to say. But but I, I think I, I think Iowa State's going to do whatever it takes and, and probably, uh, you know, Fox Sports or whoever's going to be broadcasting that game is going to want that on at night for for whatever reason. I, I, you know, I think you're you know, I think you're I think that's a I think that's a much better. <laughs> a much better offering than your than your first one here with Trevor Lawrence, but I would say throw in if if we're just if we're just if we're doing a multi game parlay and we're just betting on money lines, throw in the result of the LSU game either way just to get that just to get that payout either way. If you think if you think LSU is going to win and they're and they're have you know and they're minus two fifty or whatever, still throw it in there because you know a three a three game payout is gonna you know is still going to get you more than than just uh, betting on the two. No question. And, you know, the the one thing I did not look at here, um, you know, obviously I didn't follow Iowa State close enough to have, have a good idea what their roster looks like. Um, but w- uh, their head coach has impressed me a lot the past three or four seasons. And, and I can't think of the dude's name right off the top of my head. Well, let, let me stop you right there, Chum, because, you know, I, I was going to wait to do my bets until you got um – you know, until you got through yours, but this is just such a natural segue uh, with you forgetting Matt Campbell's name. <laughs> Matt Campbell, my man, my man. But I, but I might as well just lead off with mine here uh, because what I did is, you know, I took a I took a look at Odd Shark as well, and I didn't look to see when those odds were posted, so maybe they were from January as well. But but uh, but I, I did. So what I did is my as my value bets coming into the season, I I took a look at futures, and I didn't do single games. I did, I was looking at conference champions. Uh, and so my, you know, so my sneaky bet for Big Twelve Conference champion is Iowa State at plus eleven hundred. You know, so so I mean, you're talking about a ten dollar bet, chum. I mean, that's that's a pretty solid return for you on plus eleven hundred odds because when you look at what when you look at what Iowa State has been able to do, given Oklahoma trouble the past two seasons, like you're like you're predict, predicting here a win against Texas at home. You're talking about a quarterback and Brock Purdy. Who came off? I think it was a freshman last year, coming into a sophomore season, but was was a was a had a wonderful season as a first year starter as a freshman, uh, coming in here for a tough a tough defense year in and year out. That's returning a lot of starters in the front seven. I think I think a compelling case can be made for you know a lot of people aren't going to pick Iowa State to win the conference championship, and they and they probably won't. But when you're talking about a value play for a ten dollar bet here at plus eleven hundred odds, give me Iowa State. To win the Big 12. Dude, I like it. I, I definitely like it. I mean, I, I think Matt Campbell is, you know, he's kind of one of those energetic young coaches that, and he gets his boys ready to play, dude. And they play a pretty nasty brand of football for the Big 12. You know what I mean? I mean, they're, 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 they're all in on defense. They swarm to the football. They, they're, have a focus on, on running the ball offensively. And, and like you said, uh, that quarterback had some moments last year. Uh, obviously, uh, Texas Tech wasn't, uh, one of his shining, uh, shining games, but I mean, yeah, dude, I think, uh, I think that they're they're definitely a dark horse. Well, when you take a look at the when you take a look at the Big Twelve as a conference here, and, and you're ultimately looking at Iowa State's schedule. I mean, I I would the game against Iowa is always going to be tough, but that's a home game. Um, Baylor, a lot of people are are expecting Baylor to take another step forward this season. Matt Rule is doing a pretty good job there, but when you look at the rest of the Big Twelve, TC TCU is a mess, right? I mean, they they were a mess last season, you know. Thanks in thanks in large part to my favorite quarterback Sean Robinson. What West Virginia? We talked about new coaching staff. Texas Tech, new coaching staff. Uh, Kansas State, new coaching staff. Uh, Kansas, new coaching staff. I mean, you know, all, all there's there's so much turnover in the Big Twelve that outside of Oklahoma and Texas, 
Um, you know, and, and as we've been talking about Iowa State, there's really not a lot of sure bets. You know, there, there's going to be a lot of, um, you know, a lot of unknowns heading into the season for a lot of these teams. And, you know, and even still, I mean, Kansas is obviously not a very good program yet. Uh, Kansas State is, you know, is their, their quarterback transferred to TCU and Kansas State wasn't that good, um, you know, last year. And now they've got now they've got a new coach. Texas Tech is, you know, we got we got the Utah State coaching staff coming in. Uh, and Utah State has been good, but now you're talking about a different style of of play and a different and a different type of conference that they they're gonna have. There's gonna be an adjustment period there. So, you know, I think there's opportunity for Iowa State to be in the conversation as a conference champion. Right, and, and you know, the the one team that that kind of sticks out to me there that I think could surprise some people is Tech. I think that Cliff didn't exactly leave the cupboard uh, bare, but I mean, you're right. O- overall, man, I mean, you look at the attrition. Um, that's really swept through that conference and and, it, and it's pretty wide open if uh you know say an Oklahoma slips at some point in the year and a Texas slips I mean which you know we most people think will happen so <laughs> most people especially you right right, right, right. <laughs> no, noted longhorn detractor <laughs> all right all right so so give me hey, a hey, last look, look for as much as I hate on the horns I'm the first to give them credit when they do something worthwhile man I was yeah. sick to my stomach watching that Georgia game uh in in the sugar bowl last year but that was a hell of a win so okay all right very good uh (laughs) so let's uh so let's get to your final lock pick uh and and discuss all right uh and we actually might be able to find some odds on this one man this is this one's gonna hit a little more close to home for us but i think uh jamon osmond goes for over a thousand yards uh next season Oh, there we go. A player prop bet. That's great. Uh, and and okay, so this is good because this also can kind of kind of break into a little bit of analysis about the team. Now, obviously, a lot of receiving options here uh, at Texas A and M. You know, uh, you know, without Sands, um, Jay Sternberger in the mix here, somebody else is going to have to step up. I think, depending on what your what your expectation is for. Um, you know, for the tight end position coming into this, you know, coming into this season. Why do you think that Osmond is going to be the number one receiver and why do you think he goes over a thousand yards? Well, look, man, he's coming off of a really impressive run in spring ball. Um, you know, he's been catching balls from Kellen Mond for almost five years now, dating back to their time at IMG. And, um, you know, I think he's the most versatile receiver on the roster when it comes to his intangibles and his skill set. So, you know, I think 2019 is when we see him take that big step forward that a lot of people were hoping he would take his sophomore year. Uh, you know, I think he took a little bit of time to adjust to the scheme last season. Obviously, he got injured midway through, and, you know, that kind of derailed things. But uh, you take a look at what he did in the spring game. You know, I got to rewatch that uh, a week or two ago, and it's impressive, man. I, I think he's finally starting to look comfortable in the offense. And, uh, you know, as, as I mentioned before, he's a guy who can take the top off of a defense, and, and he can really stretch the field and – but he's versatile enough. You can line him up in the slot and let him be a chain mover. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Okay. So, so that, that's good. And I think, uh, but are, is there a little good? Cause he had, you know, he's had some injury concerns, has he not? So, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Last season was rough, man, because even before he went down with that injury against Arkansas, uh, he had some issues with drops, but once he came back, uh, you know, he had a pretty solid game against UAB. Uh, I want to say he caught a couple balls in the bowl game. So, you know, he, he showed some flashes. Uh, really and truly, man, it's just seen what he was able to accomplish in the spring that that has me confident in the pick. And uh, obviously, you know, having that strong rapport of Mond uh, can't hurt either. All right. Very good. So so those are those are Chum's picks. You could probably uh, 
you know, you could probably make a couple bucks off uh, maybe maybe a few of those. <laughs> Loving the we'll, vote of confidence there, we'll, big dog. We'll, I, yeah, yeah, we'll see because you know, I my experience too. Even even watching uh, Osbin as a as a recruit, I mean, you you know, you brought up you know you brought up a little inconsistent hands. Uh, maybe we could say, uh, you know, that's that's something that he's that's kind of always been part of his uh, his DNA as a player. So, um, you know, you got to love his versatility, his size and all the things that he brings to the table as a, as a pure football player. But, yeah, I mean, um, if we if we can find those odds on him going over a thousand yards with the injury concerns and, and a little bit of a little bit of handsiness, um, you know, the, maybe those odds will be pretty good. And then if he you know, if he stays healthy and stays on the field, he achieves that. And then, boom, before you know it. Uh, you can buy you can you can buy dinner for somebody special there you <laughs> with, go, the, with the winnings. All right, so so let's get into my two here. Uh, you know, we'll maybe we'll kind of breeze through them. The two the two that I have left, I'll, I'll start with the one that I guess I have maybe the least uh, confidence in between the two. Remember, these are value plays, and I'm doing conference champions here. I found Florida winning the SEC at plus twelve hundred. And uh, you know, obviously, I you know a lot of people aren't going to take that bet. Um, but this was my rationale and thinking, you know, in the thought process here, I think Dan Mel, I think Dan Mullen is a very good coach and I think he does, uh, I think he does as much with what is given to him is, uh, any head coach in college football can. And, you know, I think when you're able to, when you're able to, uh, take a team, you know, that there was, that wasn't too dissimilar from two seasons ago and, and show the improvement that you made with them last season. Plus get a recruiting class into the, you know, you know, under the belt, uh, you know, start to develop your culture a little bit more and not have to play in the same division, uh, as Alabama. I think there's a, a path there for Florida to, to make things interesting. Okay, dude. So here, here's what I'll say. The day f- uh, a team with Felipe Franks as their starting quarterback wins anything significant is the day that Dan Mullen deserves a statue um, built after him. <laughs> and that's completely that's completely reasonable. I mean, Felipe Franks was not in the, on the list of Heisman contenders <laughs> that uh, that we were going over when you brought up Trevor the Lawrence. Dude it, is brutal, man. Oh there's no God. doubt about. So There's no bad. doubt about it, and 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 I think you know I think Florida has some um, you know some replacing uh, some replacing to do uh, with with some some players on the offensive line, which which doesn't bode well when you're talking about because because this was this was the the problem with uh, with Auburn last season. I thought Auburn could be a much better team uh, than they ultimately ended up being last season because they just had so many new faces on the offensive line. And, you know, and that same thing could that same thing could come into play here for Florida. But I mean, you know, like I said, when you talk about their side of the when you talk about their side of the um, the conference, you know, if, uh, the neutral site game in Georgia, if, if they if they if they find a way to eat that out because they played them tough last year, take a take a level of confidence into the conference championship game. And, you know, anything can happen on any single game. I, I don't know. I just think the the the, the path is there for again for ten dollars on on plus twelve hundred. You know, whatever, let it roll. I mean, I I, I put ten dollars on the on the Orlando Magic to to make the playoffs at you know at, at lesser odds than that. Got a lesser return, but you know what? You just you just throw the dice, right, Chum? Well, yeah, and you know, taking a look back at what they did last season, man. I mean, their defense was pretty spectacular for most of the season. I mean, they uh, they kept most of their offenses in check, man, and and so that's something that that you definitely got to keep an eye on as well. So, 
So the last, my final bet would be the highest payout. And I think also probably, depending on how you look at it, may, maybe the most realistic as well. So Stanford is plus 1600 to win the Pac-12. What do you think about that? Yeah, I actually like that a lot. I mean, again, we're talking about a $10 bet. Right. And, and uh, you know, and here we are as a, a team that consistently wins eight, nine, 10 games a season. Has a returning quarterback in KJ Costello. Traditionally tough defense. Traditionally strong running game. And and you know Bryce Love is a guy that didn't really um, didn't really factor into uh, the majority of last season, as I recall, with you know with injury and and getting getting himself ready for the NFL draft, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, so so this is a team that had to learn you know had to learn to to operate without Bryce Love. You're talking about a lot of uh, returning starters on the offensive line, namely Walker Little, uh, product of Houston, former five star. And uh, you know, and I think w- when you look at when you again in a similar argument to to <laughs> to what I had for Iowa State's case to win the big uh, the Big Twelve, you take a look at the Pac-12 uh, and the rest of the and the rest of the teams within it. Washington, Washington is always a beatable team. Washington State, I think, is you know this is Washington State is one of those uh, teams that that goes forward, forward to step and back to forward to step and back to. So you know, so last season they were strong. You know, I think I think they step they step back next season. California is going to play them tough, but that's a home game for Stanford for whatever that's worth. Colorado, new coaching staff, UCLA, underwhelming. Arizona, coached by Kevin Sumlin. Oregon State, terrible. Uh, you know, Oregon, Oregon is going to be tough. Um, but that's an early, a game early in the season. Uh, they play UCF, uh, you know, but that doesn't factor into their um, their conference championship pursuits. USC, I mean, uh, Clay Helton's on the hot seat. You know, a lot a lot of their big games. So, so the so the argument for Stanford here, you know, just looking at their schedule, we're talking about them winning a conference championship, not not for them to win the national championship or make it into the co- college football playoff. And when you take a look at their schedule, um, you know, I think the opportunity is there. I mean, honestly. You know, you, you. I mean, outside of Oregon, uh, I, I I could make a case that maybe California is maybe their uh, their next hardest game within within the conference next season. Right. Well, and you know what happens in the pack just consistently, it seems like, is they tear each other apart. Um, you know, once conference play begins, man, and it seems like there's never really one team. Uh, that has a stranglehold on the uh, on uh, the conference like there is in uh, you know a Big Twelve or an SEC or even a big. Um, so, so, you know, I, I think, uh, all it takes is, is sneaking out, sneaking out a couple of big wins. I mean, you take a look at what they did last season and the only games where they really weren't in it, uh, so to speak was Notre Dame and Utah, you know, they, they, mm-hmm. they lost to Notre Dame by, by 21, they lost to, uh, Utah by 19. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Utah's, Utah's always tough. Uh, but th- but there you have it. I mean, those those are those are my picks. I think for for a thirty dollar investment, you give yourself a chance to return. Uh, I don't even want to do the math on that, but you know, thousands of dollars. So <laughs> so my whereas if you throw uh, ten dollars on uh, Trevor Lawrence to win the Heisman, you get thirty back. Thanks, chum. Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so there you have it. That's a, that's our first that's our first little. We're, we're dipping our toes in the water of you know of kind of. Uh, talking about odds for you know the college football season upcoming, um, you know we'll we'll come back next season. I, I would have had a chance to better prepare myself as would you if um, you know if we didn't if if we didn't have the holiday weekend and so much stuff on the horizon for Texas A and M as far as as far as recruiting is concerned. But a big weekend coming up as far as official visitors, uh, followed by another big official visit weekend with with a couple of big names. So so come back to the other ninety eight dot com for plenty of content uh, in regards to all those all those players. And uh, thanks for listening. Subscribe, 
rate and review as always uh follow me on twitter i'm at to98 underscore krug that's k-r-o-o-g chum of course is it uh chumley colton all one word (laughs) and uh we'll talk to you again next week